but him, two women together. That's just disgusting. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we'll start that's the podcast. <laughs> that's just, that's just not natural. I'm all for gay rights, but two women together. Ugh. No. That belongs on Skinamax. Yes. Which, you know, I always call it the fancy cable of yet HBO and Skinamax. We, we couldn't afford that. As a matter of fact, I don't think we had cable until my senior year of high school. But if you didn't have it, you kind of watch it through the squiggly lines. Right. It's like, ooh, there's a, there's a breast. <laughs> there's a butt. It's the SETI BIMCO Show. With your hosts, Tim and John. Two grown men who have pet names for their vacuum cleaners. It's episode four of SETI BIMCO. With your host, Tim. I can't Tim. believe it's already. And I'm John. And I just can't believe it's already episode four. Right. With our first interview. I know What's this her? is going to be exciting. Do you remember her name? Yes, it's Edie Nugent. <laughs> She's in the green room right now. Eating you off know. the craft service table. Right. But Sunny Bimco, the show where we often talk to people about their embarrassing high school calamities. I don't know why I started yes. using the word calamity. Because at the time, I guess they did seem like calamities. Right. Now, as, 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 the, as the little tagline says, instead of looking back with anger, we look back with laughter. Right. So how are you doing, this, Tim? I am good. You had vacation this week, so I hope you have more interesting stories than I usually have. I hope you went to Ithaca, to a bar, got in a fight, got nope. arrested. Nope. <laughs> nope. It did nothing. I went out to my mother's for the weekend. Okay. Um, you know, I'm halfway to 112 now, which is always a which is always a hard time when you get to halfway to 112. Ooh, yeah. And uh, yeah, basically, yeah, we went out. We had dinner at my mom's house, and there's a carrot cake because I love carrot cake. But nobody could find any candles, so there were no candles. So it really wasn't a birthday cake; it was just a cake. I love carrot cake. for my birthday. But then again, it wasn't February 21st. It wasn't my brother's birthday when we always used to celebrate it. So maybe that was <laughs> the problem. You guys should like switch off on days, right? We should. You think we could have alternated each year? No, nope. yeah. always had to be. Maybe even just like leap years, we could have done it on the twentieth. Nope, always had to be on the twenty-first because Chris was the younger one, and you, you you're the older one. You can handle it better. You, you'll you'll be fine. Because <laughs> my mother didn't want to bake a second cake. I know what it was. Uh, and does he like carrot cake? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not bitter, Tim. I'm not bitter. Not at all. I'm fine. Want to, <laughs> want to talk about it? No, I don't. I don't want okay. to talk about it. For full disclosure, I used to live in Ithaca, and I was at the Chapter House, which burned down and was rebuilt. Yes. I helped out with the Hangar Theater long ago, and I was talking to one of the actors, and I'm one of those people who, I guess, has that face that makes you think, oh, he's a nice person. I can tell him anything. Because I just mm-hmm. met, met this person and was having mm-hmm. a drink. And eventually he said, so don't you ever, you know, don't you ever put on adult diapers with your friends and go out to the bar and urinate in your pants while you're talking with strangers? And I was like, well, no, I, I never really did that. And, which, and then the rest of the evening you're looking at his crotch going, I wonder <laughs> if he's doing it now. I know. We got a... An exciting episode. We're doing our first interview. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Edie Nugent, the first person outside the two of us to talk about our embarrassing high school calamities. So why don't we just introduce Edie Nugent? Yay! Yay! Here she is. Okay, cool. Edie's a co-host of the podcast, The Great Dante Read-Through. It's on Spotify, yeah. I listened to an episode two days ago. It was very wonderful. Oh, thank you. You did listen, John. I, I did listen to him. <laughs> wow. I, I researched him. I don't, I don't know what you're doing all week, but I'm <laughs> researching. I take this very seriously. I love that. You're born and raised in New York City. You're a yes. staff writer with the Comics Beat and uh, has written for Looper, Weird, Weird Tales Magazine, ComingSoon.net. Geek and Sundry, which I don't know Geek and Sundry. 
they uh, okay. they got absorbed into Nerdist, uh, okay. but it was it was a an offshoot for a while that that had a glorious like four or five years there. If you know the um, podcast video uh, series Critical Role, where people played D and D, that came out of Geek and Sundry. That's probably its most oh. famous property. You'll love our second episode. Mm. You will. It's, you will it's love about our second episode. Mazes and monsters. Wonderful. Do you even know that movie exists, Edie? No. Oh my God! It's a movie. I'm new to D and D. I'm new. I have you to. Are not? Admit. Are you really? I am. Yeah, I just started playing D and D a couple of years ago for the very first time. I seem oh, like no. the sort of person who would have been playing D and D since forever, and I kind of am resentful that I wasn't playing D and D for forever. <laughs> and how how long have you been? How long have I been interviewing people? Well. Um, I mean, technically, since I was a child, there there are old tapes I have found of me at 10 years old interviewing, like, my father and my neighbors about things. Have. Yeah, somewhere. Wow. I unearthed them maybe, like, 10, 15 years ago. They, they may be gone now through several moves, but I remember listening to them when I was in my mid-20s and being really charmed and, and also cringing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think John wants to ask you about a particular interview. I was I went online and saw the interview that you did with John Barrowman. Oh yeah, that was a great and one. I don't now. Was that around the time he was doing Torchwood? It wasn't. Uh, it was in 2015 at uh, 20. Excuse me, 2016 at San Diego Comic Con, and we were talking about a Torchwood comic book that he and his sister had written together and was being released. Oh. Oh, nice. Okay, I have to make a comment about John Barrowman. Oh, boy, here we go. I saw John Barrowman. Well, no, I had I saw him live on Broadway. Oh, great. Yeah, the Broadway was years. It? Yeah, yeah, it was Christmas night, 1999. And he was in a Sondheim review called Putting It Together with Carol Burnett, Bronson Pinchot, George Hearn got nominated for Tony for it. And I just have this really deep question to ask you. Okay. Because he was sitting down when you were interviewing for him. Did you know how awesome his ass was? <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing uh, these little, like, swim trunks when I was interviewing him. I, I noticed that. Yes. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> he, he also has, like, calves of steel. Um, he, yeah, he looked great. Um, and he was uh, wonderful and and lo- and lovely and and warm and nice and silly. Um, he both he and his sister were great, but yeah, I mean, he looked you know it was he was everything you'd want from from John Barrowman at, at that moment in time. Truly, he was think, you know. I think what John is saying is he's wondering if his ass is still as good as it was in yeah nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I would say twenty sixteen John Barrowman calves and butt are like. I mean, I didn't see him in ninety nine, though I would have loved to have seen him in Miss Saigon. Uh, you know, um, he was in Miss Saigon. He was in that. Miss Saigon. He played John the the um, oh no, not John Chris the okay. the GI that that then you know falls in love and leaves and yes. It's another thing that's kind of like cringy now looking back on it, Miss Saigon. But I oh, did I yeah. did love it when I was in high school and didn't know any better. It's like everything. Oh, because yeah. of the, the failure to cast the Asian actors. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Jonathan Price thing and just the whole kind of whole The woman who kill doesn't she kill herself because she, she does can't, can't have her, her man. No, and, she doesn't kill herself actually because she can't have her man. She kills herself in the end, which was why I liked it because I was a dramatic teenager, as we will discuss today. It's like a nice segue. Um, <laughs> I was a dramatic teenager, and she kills herself because she wants her son that she's had with this GI, who then oh. left when Saigon was being fled by American troops being deserted. Um, she right. had a baby, and she wants the baby to be taken for a better life with its father in America and he doesn't want to take the child um, I, because I've, he's got a wife and everything now. And I've, yeah. I haven't heard it in a while and I, I, I always get it confused with Rocky Horror, you know. <laughs> Nobody kills themselves <laughs> at the end of Rocky Horror either. What do you They talking? don't? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there is sort of a death. Does funny. Frank die? Maybe. Don't know. I mean, he's an alien, so who knows? Well, I guess what John is saying is we all have a crush on John Barham. 
He's a really sweet we, guy. He's also had him. some trouble lately in the, he was known for being very, um, he was sort of flashing people backstage a lot. Oh no. And that became, oh, people dear. would talk about it. And I think he kind of got away with that for a long time because he's incredibly charming. And I think very like childlike about these things, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's kind of not pulling a Louis CK. He's just kind of like, you know, we yeah. I'm streaking at summer camp kind of guy. Like, gotcha. you know, I can't speak for, <laughs> for this, for the people who are around him, but that seemed the vibe from what I could tell. So, but he, he, he is a very, very nice guy and, and very uh, open and um, makes himself very available to, to all the fans. And I was telling John, I also met him and had a little story because back in 2009, I was sent to Comic-Con because of the book. I was like, you were sent to war. I I was sent sent. to the front. (laughs) I was, (laughs) it was grueling, but John Barwin was there along with his female partner on the show, whose name I forget. She was Eve Miles. Well, I don't mean, I mean, acting partner, the Asian woman. Oh, um, I remember that's name. okay i i just don't remember right now i don't know the that's whole cast terrible. john's a big fan he should know the cast members but. she's wonderful but he was selling photos and i was like i'll get a photo because he's here and, and and i was being kind of funny about it. i was like it's for my wife her name's jean he goes oh jean jean with a j which is how it's spelled and i'm like uh, no and so he rips up the one he wrote with jean with a j and wrote jean with the g and I couldn't tell him a third, a second time that he spelled it wrong. I was just like, thank you. And I've got that picture for Jean spelled with a G. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's uh, Naoko Mori. Naoko Mori? Yes. Playing Toshiko. Okay. I was going to say Toshiko, but I didn't want to say that because I knew that was the character name, not the actor's names. Right. Thank you. Thank I you also just... love Torchwood against my better judgment, John. So we could just talk all day, you and me. <laughs> Does John like Torchwood? He didn't really say he likes John Barrowman. Oh, I see. Oh, I, I, I like Torch. No, no, I did like Torchwood. I, I think they should have had more shots of his ass, but you know, that's <laughs> just my opinion. I think it would, really would have taken off had they done that, but nobody asked yes. me. Now, now, Edie, would you consider yourself a Whovian? Are you yes. a Yes, yes, I would absolutely consider myself a Whovian for sure. Uh, I don't know if we want to take this podcast that direction. I don't know if you want to go in that direction, man. That's kind of a whole other rabbit hole we can fall yes. down. But, um, you know, yes. I, didn't uh, think I, John mean, I, met, was. I met my husband because of Doctor Who. So, I mean, yep. if that doesn't seal oh, it right there, I don't know what will. <laughs> you've got a special, you know, you've got a special, it's got a special place in your heart. I totally get it. Well, um, you know, I John. Know. Hearts, hearts like Tardises are bigger on the inside. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> there you go. This is Donnie. a cringe podcast, right? Am I Donnie. doing the right thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're totally doing the right thing. Don't you Let's, worry about that. Let's talk about Star Trek instead. We can do that. <laughs> oh, see, I just I finished watching about. Blake Seven. We could talk about that too. I don't know if John is that deep into BBC archives. Mm. Are you, John? He's looking it up. Don't look no, it up, John. I'm not, look that it up. Deep. I'm not that deep. Yes. So I either. like all the nerdy things pretty um, much no, without I, exception. I, I, I actually, I, have to, I do catch Doctor Who. I don't watch it as soon as the series comes out. I sort of watch it. I sort of binge watch it. Like, I haven't seen the new Doctor, Jodie, although I guess she's not the new Doctor anymore. She's been on for several series. Yeah, she's almost on her way out. But yes, she is the new Doctor. Fair yes, enough. Yeah. Yes, and that's the big thing on so i do need to sit down and watch. but i was introduced to doctor who and i'm giving away my age here but with uh with tom baker ah uh, yes who yeah. was the third fourth the third or fourth doctor the fourth, fourth doctor the fourth doctor john it was of course we were both born he <laughs> was the fourth doctor okay i, I wasn't sure but no that's no. how i started and i actually i couldn't watch it in my house because i was you know we were always fighting over the TV. I never, but I had a friend. I would go over to his house and we would watch Doctor Who okay. and loved it. I fell in love with it. A lot of people uh, fell Baker. in love with the Tom Baker era. That's. I, I had some two brothers that were friends, and I was like, they were never into Doctor Who much. And I was at their house one night and they're like, oh my God, it's almost 7 30. We got to watch Doctor Who. And I went in with them and I was like, oh, you're not usually into Doctor Who like this. And so I sit down with them and I realized their dad is sitting down too. He's like, it's time for Doctor Who. And I don't know if John remembers, I know Edie does, but there was a season 
a season or two with Leela. I was just about who, to say, is this a Leela story? I was already there, Tim. Who ran around half naked and, and their dad was so pathetic. He's like, got to watch Doctor Who now. Got to watch Doctor Who now. <laughs> That's just, wonderful. I think Benny Hill was on. He could have watched that. That was a terrible show. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That, that was on channel that was on channel nine in New York. I remember right that. after the billion dollar movie or, or million dollar movie. Billion dollar movie. Maybe we should ask Edie about her story. <laughs> I hope there's some <laughs> Well, are we done asking your question? I just oh, feel so I much mean, you should be asking her. Like I, I I already have to edit out all this Doctor Who stuff. So. <laughs> if you oh have my a, gosh. if you want to ask her more questions. I did ask her a pre-question. She didn't. No, I thought she did not answer. Which, oh, did you? I've seen a picture of you with Carrie Fisher. You did not yes. interview her. You just met her, or a picture of me with Carrie Fisher. I thought. Oh wait, you dressed up as her. I did Is dress that up what as I her. Oh, okay. I, I've one of the pieces I've written that I'm probably the most proud of talks about how I did take a picture with Carrie Fisher once, but that is on a roll of undeveloped film. Oh. Um, and it, I wrote this uh, right after she died. And uh, it was a tribute to her because she uh, inspired me to be a writer. And then hmm. I had a story about meeting her and how she told me that I had to keep writing and was just generally wonderful. As most Carrie Fisher stories that people have to tell, they are funny and wonderful. And she was no exception. And so, yeah, actually, I still have somewhere this camera that has the undeveloped picture on it because I lost it for a many years. And then when it oh. resurfaced, I was afraid when I developed it, it would not come out, you know, because the film was so old. Right, um, right. That was a whole metaphor used in, in the piece. You can find that at Comic Speed. If you actually, if you Google my name, Edie Nugent and Carrie Fisher, that comes up, which is kind okay. of satisfying. <laughs> I must have read it when it came out because yeah. in my mind, I was like, you met yeah. her, I saw a picture. Of you. It's somewhere in the back of your mind. And and Simon Fraser, my husband, which is the reason I know you, Tim, uh, he drew a beautiful portrait of her that's in that article. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, I think we're Carrie Fisher. No, I think, I think, I think the, um, the, the, the being a nice person part was genetic because I had a story about her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Mm. And this was about this was about 1990, 1991. And Debbie Reynolds was touring in a production of The Unsinkable Molly Brown, which was the only role she ever got an Oscar nomination for. And this was in January or February at the Landmark Theater in Syracuse. And anybody has ever been to Syracuse in January, February, you know, cold chill. Yes. So she came out, she came out the door and there were a bunch of people back there, me being one of them, and she was signing autographs. And there were a lot of people asking for autographs. And she stayed out there and she kept, and there was snow and the wind was blowing and she just kept. And finally, somebody came up to her, uh, Miss Sure, we really have to get going now. And she turned to the guy and said, no, these people have been standing out here waiting for my autograph. I'm going to make sure that everybody gets an autograph and I'll be damned. Debbie Reynolds, who at one time was one of the biggest movie stars in the world, stood out there on that cold night in Syracuse for probably about an hour and 15 minutes and made sure that everybody got an autograph, which I always thought was so wonderful that she would do. She didn't have to to do that. So thinking that probably where Carrie got her kindness from, it was genetic. Yeah. Yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's also kind of that old showbiz thing. There are a couple people I've had occasion to meet in my work as a, you know, a freelance entertainment journalist. And there are some people that just kind of have what I've referred to as that old Hollywood thing. Uh, one of them was Will Smith um, when I was at the Suicide Squad junket or Suicide Squad junket, not the Suicide Squad, because that's the, the James Gunn version now. The the is really important. Um, but the the first Suicide Squad movie, and he was at the junket for that with all the stars, and he went around to every single reporter in that crowd and shook hands with them and introduced himself. And he knew some of them mm-hmm. actually. He was like, Hey Maria, how are your kids? Like he knew, he remembered some of them. And I was just thinking. That's that that's like that old Hollywood star thing of like, mm-hmm. you know, this is how I 
network. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's always a, a networking opportunity, but like in a, in a warm and, and genuine way, not in like, I mean, obviously it's calculated somewhat, but just kind of well, in a, in an appreciation for like, this is what the business mm-hmm. is. It's the people that, that make me able to do this. And so I'm going to take my time with each of them. I know what side my bread is buttered on. Yes. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> without the, without the fans, you're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite direction to call back to our first episode that there's a, there's a celebrity in my neighborhood. And when we had the big snowstorm, they were the, one of the few people who didn't shovel their walk. So (gasps) there's my, my bad celebrity story. (laughs) (gasps) What celebrity didn't shovel their walk? I'm not going to tell. Were they even there though, Tim, or were they at one of their other houses? I think, I think they go to LA to film a lot of things yeah i would imagine they're just not paying someone to keep it up they should employ a local to keep up their property yeah i shouldn't complain i've or they probably they probably are and they just cashed the check and didn't do the (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she's in la i'm not shoveling her walk easiest 50 bucks i ever made (laughs) (laughs) oh i do want to say to fill up all that space for where Doctor Who got cut out. <laughs> Edie went on a belated honeymoon with her husband to Scotland. And did you go elsewhere? Uh, we went to Scotland and we en- we did uh, like 10 days in uh, the south of France in on the Côte d'Azur. Oh. Yes. I, did, I wanted to say, sorry, but what... John John doesn't know what happened when you went to come home. Um, so, yeah, so we, we did our delayed honeymoon going around Scotland, visiting um, uh, distilleries that make the whiskey that we love and enjoy together and visiting like Neolithic sites, old standing stones and settlements. And it was fantastic. And then saw some family because, of course, my husband's Scottish. So if we're in Scotland, we got to visit the family and and uh, get our time with them. And then we went to, because France is so close to Scotland. So we went over to um, the Côte d'Azur where one of my best friends lives and she has two small children. Uh, So we went over and we had this beautiful time and we were in the Nice airport, ready to head home on Labor Day weekend. And they would not let my husband on the plane um, because there was a problem with his visa which had been renewed during COVID times um, and not renewed fully, apparently, though we thought that it had. And thus began an odyssey where my husband was stuck out of the country for two and a half months and I had to come home without him. Wow. Well, sorry (laughs) that happened. (laughs) Yeah. How do you you get a partial Oh my gosh. It was very weird. It was very weird. I, it was the kind of thing where it's like they approve the visa for renewal, but then in order for you to travel on the visa, it has to be processed through an embassy every time, which we did not know. Thought mm. it was just the initial time, oh. but no, you apparently have to leave the country oh. and get it processed through an embassy and re-enter the country on the visa if you want to have movement with it. Mm. And so he would have been fine to stay in the United States on that renewed visa and not leave the country. But we didn't know that. So we left the country uh, and therefore. I think Scotland just wants to keep more of its people. They've got their one, maybe. their one lake monster, their one uh, yeah. deep fried candy Mars bar, bar shop. Yeah. yeah. And they need their one Simon Fraser. I know. I mean, I can't <laughs> fault them for wanting to hang on to him, but check your visa before you leave. The joke was on Edie because the in-flight movie was Aquaman. That, that was yeah. my, that's my lame, my lame joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my joke was just going to be, you know, there are some people who go on their honeymoons who hope that their new spouse wouldn't be let back into the <laughs> country. Barred. So, yeah. so Edie. Yes. Should we hear your story? Should we hear my you, story? You can so, yeah, how do we get into this? What's- well, Edie's going to tell us her calamitous high school story. And that means it's time... Time to, to visit. <laughs> I didn't we're, realize you were going to do this. No, we're all gonna, we're we're all going to say who all talks of us. like that. It's <laughs> all three of us. Yes, all who three. Talks of us. Okay. Who talks like that? Count of three. Okay. It's, it's time, time to to visit visit to visit the past. I think John has a lag. I think John's in the past. Did you? Did you? Oh, I probably am. Did you you smoke something before the episode, John? It is John's birthday. I know. Happy birthday. Yesterday was my birthday. Happy belated birthday. birthday. 
Thank you. Well, You're there's welcome. it's it's a little it's a little bit of a touchy subject for me oh, from the twenty first okay. because I have a brother three years younger than I whose birthday is today, and we would always celebrate the birthday on his day because I guess a my mother didn't want to bake a second cake oh. and b he was the youngest. He yeah, that blows. I'm sorry, John. That's awful. You've been done wrong. Dad insult injury. Tim sent the text today. Happy birthday. <laughs> and I just didn't respond. I just didn't respond to it. Amazing. I just didn't respond to it. I was like, oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not taking the bait. So Evie. That's a relief. Uh, it's usually mine. Um, you can, you can tell us what so you So I'm going to tell you what, an embarrassing story. But I'd like to ask what, like, you don't have to tell us details. Like, what decade were you in school? Was like uh, Oasis the big band, or was oh, I'm like Nirvana? I got no, I got no problem with my age, my friend. It was this story probably dates to 1996. Okay, so yeah, Oasis was a big band, Tim. Very, very well <laughs> judged. Yeah, you know, like I think this was the year that that One Street Day with Mariah Carey and Boys to Men was like six top of the charts, 16 weeks in a row. I don't remember it well. It's a really like maudlin song, um, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was them in our days. So I had a boyfriend in high school and we dated for like the high school equivalent of like 15 years, which is like a year and a half. <laughs> yes. You know how high school years are like, wow. they're like dog years, you know, like one year is like seven years. You might've spent Christmas at his house or vice versa, maybe. Well, you know that it's interesting you say that tim because actually though most historically most parents have really really liked me this boy's mom just like just decided that she did not like me and would never meet me so she decided oh. before meeting me that she didn't like me what never meet you she would never meet me she would never acknowledge me i still don't know why to this day I was in her, her daughter was my contemporary. So the, my boyfriend was like a year older than me. Um, he was in the grade above and I didn't really have a problem with her daughter. Like we were fine. I really don't know what this problem was, but anyway, this woman really had a problem with me. She was not a very nice person from what I was able to gather. My boyfriend had a lot of issues with her, but what this meant was I was like not allowed to be around the house. So I would mm -hmm. constantly be being sneaked into his house Wow. I met the dad, I met his older brother, but like never the mom. Is this, um, is, may I ask, is this New York City, like apartment? This is New sneaking, York City. Sneaking this into is, apartment buildings? Yes, this is sneaking into apartment buildings because, mm. you know, you know, growing up in the city, it's like you've kind of got a couple of options if you're going to like, you know, hook up with your significant other. And that's like the park, yeah. right? That's kind of like lover's lane, but also open to the elements and, you know, you right. come back from lunch with leaves in your hair and people give you weird looks and yes. it's like not, you know, it's not elegant. <laughs> and so then the other thing is, yeah, sneaking into people's uh, apartments when their parents aren't home. So everybody gotcha. is. If there's no doorman, there's no problem, right? Or was there a doorman? Yeah, there was a doorman actually ah. in this building, but like the doorman, I think some of them are like pretty chill. Like they kind of get yes. it, you know, maybe, maybe on like the Upper East Side, the doorman will rat you out, but like on the West Side, like I feel like the doorman were always pretty nice. <laughs> okay. um, so he actually lived very near where my school was. He was walking distance from my school. It was like 10 blocks, maybe. Mm. No, not even. My God. Yeah, about 10 blocks. We would often sneak off to his apartment after school was done and like, you know, eat mac and cheese and watch the Disney afternoon that, you know, gargoyles right. was on and, you know, oh, okay. Right. He, he was a geek. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> big surprise, Tim. Pretty much everyone I've dated has been a geek <laughs> in my whole life. We all didn't never, have that option. <laughs> I've never dated a normie ever. I don't think. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so we... Well, may I just say something? <laughs> yes. Well, we're just sitting in awe with you because here's actually somebody who actually dated in high school. Oh, yeah. We're like, yeah. really? Wow. Like, that that didn't happen to me. No, it didn't happen to me. I mean, I the was dating pool was shallow. I'll say that. But, like, I went for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dating pool was a drought. It, yeah, there was just nothing. Yeah. You weren't out in high school. No. 
No, I wasn't out. No, I, no, I wasn't out in high school. Are you kidding? No, I know, but that's. I, I guess that's what you mean. So. Makes sense. At the height of AIDS. Oh yeah. At yeah, right. Age, that would have been a good time. <laughs> I, I I would have been welcomed with open arms. I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> if anybody had known that I was gay in high school, we lived in the area where they would have taken me to gay conver- conversion therapy camp. Oh yeah, I believe it. Happened. No, I kept that. I kept. I, I kept it under my. I kept that under my hat. But in any event, uh, we'll go back to my stupid, lighthearted. <laughs> I hope it's not lighthearted. Hetero romp. Um, uh, I am not hetero. I am bisexual. But this is a straight-facing relationship I happened to be in at the time. Uh, anyway, um, so we were at his house one time uh, after school, and we were naked as you are sometimes. <laughs> and and normally this was fine, but his mother came home early. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. we're in his in his room and we hear scenario. the keys, nightmare scenario. It, we hear the keys in the door. And it's like the you know this is an, this is not a huge apartment. This is a Manhattan apartment, right? In Midtown. So you know it's not gigantic. Mm-hmm. And the distance between the front door and the the door of his room, it's it's really not a lot. I mean, we're talking like maybe 15, 20 feet. And, and um, can I ask, were your were your shoes out there? So you're like, oh my god! No, my all shoes. my clothes were in his room. <laughs> okay, there wasn't a line of clothing down. Oh, no, there wasn't a line of clothing like from the door, <laughs> like leading. No, no, no. Right, but but it was. But I didn't know where any of my clothing like was. I mean, it oh, wasn't oh, like no. it wasn't like strategically piled anywhere. Right. So we just kind of look at each other, me and this guy, and it's like just this deer in headlights, like freezing. Like there's no time to do anything. And he just sort of like grabs me by the shoulders and he's like, you have to go under the bed. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay. And so I just like crawl under the bed and it was like, it was not high off the ground. You know what I mean? Like it was not, Uh there was not a lot of room under this bed, but I not wearing anything crawl under this bed. And I kind of, (laughs) <laughs> under wait under a teenager's bed with all the the socks that are that are yeah. stiff and hard. <laughs> well, I don't know how many of those there were. I mean, I was over pretty regular Tim, oh, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how disgusting teenage boys are, I or do. maybe you do. Okay. I do. <laughs> I was well positioned for that, um, but I had to crawl under this bed, and he kind of like leaves the room to, I guess, go out and and like say hello to his mother and like help her take her bags off or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm basically underneath this twin bed sort of spread out, like, you know, the, what's the, what's the Da Vinci, like the Vitruvian man. Like I'm kind of like that Yes. Uh because if I don't spread myself out, the, I I don't fit under the bed without pushing the bed up. Right. Like Uh there's no room under this bed. This is like a sitcom. It was, it's really, I mean, you know. The mother's going to come in and sit on the bed and have a talk with her son. Funny you say that, Tim. Uh, Really? (laughs) (laughs) She was, so she goes out to get her and takes her bags off and he like starts making her tea. And then he comes back in the room and he sort of whispers to me as I'm under the bed. He's like, she's going to get in the bathtub and then we can sneak you out. And then he just leaves. And I'm like, okay. So I'm still just laying there. Like if she notices me, this is going to be so awkward coming out from under this bed. But yes, in fact, she gets ready. She, I hear him start to run the bathtub and, or somebody starts running the bathtub. And then she comes, she comes by it. Listen, they had a weird, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. It's fair enough to question it, Tim, honestly. (laughs) I wasn't going to comment. I will comment (laughs) later, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to drop. We'll come back to that. She does, in fact, come in and sit on the bed. Oh, my God. And I did remember thinking at the time, this is like a sitcom. This is like, this is really, but this is really (laughs) happening. And I remember thinking, clearly this actually happens to people. And that's why it's in sitcoms. Like, it's not. (laughs) Um, But uh, as. Sitcoms and porn movies. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I can only imagine where this would go. (laughs) Oh, no, we're good. Um, But yes. And I just remember like breathing in really deeply, like as she sat down. 
Um, because I thought it was going to be like a princess in the pea situation that she was going to be like, this bed doesn't feel normal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. She was going to like get up quickly and it was going to like poke me and I was going to go, ah! you know, or something. <laughs> but I made it. I made it. And okay. she got up off she the bed it. and she went into the bathroom and the bathroom door closed. I don't know why she sat on your bed. She sat on his bed. I mean, that's what I mean. I don't know why she did that. I don't, don't know. know. I think she was coming in to clean up the, the stiff <laughs> box. <laughs> she, didn't and, reach, um, reach, she didn't reach under the bed and you were. No, at, she did. Um, and, uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, no, but she went into the bathroom and, and it was okay. He came out and wow. I very quickly dressed and had to actually crawl out the window Jeez. because I was too afraid to, to, yeah, I was too afraid to like walk out because like, what if she then like opens the bathroom door, like, Hey, I just need to, you know, one more thing. And then <laughs> there I am like, do, 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 you know, sneaking out the front. So he had, um, his, his window, his bedroom window actually, uh, faced onto this kind of like courtyard area that was like a shared area in this building. So I was able to like crawl out his window and sort of like shimmy out and drop down maybe like five oh. or six feet into the shared courtyard area and then leave the building oh. nice yes so i made it but, but john and i are both want to back way up <laughs> why was her son filling up her back <laughs> okay no, I, no i've got my theory okay hey she she didn't like you and hadn't met you that's right her son is drawing the bath for her no she never liked any woman he brought home yeah, she you're doesn't like right. his wife. She doesn't. She doesn't like her grandchildren because she's the mother of them. She was never going to like anybody. Uh, she, you mean she didn't like his third wife, John, because he's on wife number three. Ooh. Facebook well, is a weird you thing. You well, find these things out. Oh, you know, Edie, I was going to also back up and be like, "Have you searched <laughs> her out on Facebook to find out why she hates you?" Yeah, I wish. No, it's okay. I don't need to know. I'm not really concerned with her opinion at this point. I did care at the time, but I will remind you that my brain was 10 years away from being fully developed. So I can't be held responsible. I feel if you had snuck by the door of the bathroom, she would have come out. uh, uh, Wait, what was your boyfriend's name? Or do you not want to say? Or just call him? His name was John. Okay. Oh, had, it, it almost if, sounds like I'm making it up. If he if if she had stepped out of the bathroom and said, "John, I need you to scrub my back," oh, I was I was gonna say that. Could you loofah me, please? <laughs> to there was the, definitely a weird vibe there. It was for sure a weird weird vibe. Mm-hmm. It was a very mm-hmm. weird vibe. Yes. Yeah, so maybe third wife yeah. is the charm. Maybe she just finally gave up or died. <laughs> oh. One of the two. We, we can only John. hope. We can only hope. It, we can only hope it was a happy ending and she died. Yeah, I mean, you know, or grew, grew her heart grew three sizes one day. I mean, I don't know. It was, yeah. it was. Well. There was some weird. I remember in high school that that wasn't the first. Now that I'm remembering it, there was actually another boyfriend I had that I had mom drama with. I didn't oh. even think of this story. You must have so been coming a, a strong personality. <laughs> This one, no, this one hated me without meeting me either. Um, This this one, um, I think I wasn't smart enough for her or something. She just knew that like, I wasn't going to like a specialized school. Therefore I wasn't like good enough. Gotcha. Yeah. New York. Um, So she, she was very weird and we had to sneak around and I was always pretending that I was a a math class partner when I would call his house Uh and I would be calling about homework. And that's how we would be able to talk on the phone in the days before cell phones. Um, But she actually found love letters we wrote to each other and called my parents and tried to read them over the phone to my parents. What's going on? It was drama. The drama never stops. It really was. And my, you know, I have my own issues with my dad, but he really, he really earned his, he earned his cred that day because he was like, listen, I am not going to listen to my daughter's love letters, her private letters be read over the phone to me. Like, I don't know what's going on with you and your son over there, but like, this is disgusting and I won't have any part in it. And he like hung up on her and I was like, wow. Yeah, that's a good parent. (laughs) All right, dad. My parents would never do that. Yeah, they would be like, I'm taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Can you Xerox them and send them? So, Edie, is it safe to say 
you had a type. Yeah. I'm like having a realization. Yeah. I'm I'm the kind of boys. Or or I'm the kind of girl you date in high school when you want to piss off your controlling mom. Like, <laughs> like either could be true, but do I, dare, do I dare ask Simon if Simon's mom likes you? She does now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she ever disliked me, but she was definitely wary about like who is this American interloper yes. um, coming into my family. Mm. Um, but like that's fair enough because you know is, there's my stepdaughter was involved at that point, so she had reason to be cautious about who was going to be. Okay, that's about and who can. Turn, yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Can tra- nobody can trust Americans. My husband's mom summoned me to Scotland. Um, she flew us <laughs> over there. It was very kind. She like oh. bought our plane tickets and flew me over there. Um, and we spent time with her. Um, but I also met his cousin, Fiona. And um, she had us over to her house in Edinburgh and was very, very hospitable. And at the end of this whole like meeting we had the first night I was there, I was like, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me here in your home. And you've been so kind and it's really lovely to meet you. And she said, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And you're so normal. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what were they expecting? (laughs) I always loved that comment. Like, I know. Not at all what we were expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Were they expecting like a real housewife with like a small dog and like clear heels? and you know yeah. <laughs> i yeah. don't know apparently before you met, met the family in scotland you were referred to as the freak <laughs> and right. were just very pleasantly surprised oh, simon and his freak are coming over <laughs> yeah the, the megan markle right this is not the time for me to admit that about a week ago i sat and watched an entire hallmark movie with megan markle uh-oh I, you should well, totally I admit that which one was it oh. Him. I don't know. You it was a Hallmark out. movie with a make miracle. Yeah, she had a choice between two guys, and she picked the safe guy, and she really should have picked the quirky guy. And in the end, she <laughs> did pick the quirky guy, but she kind of was almost messed it up with the quirky guy because he knew she picked the safe guy. The safe guy, man. Yeah. Yeah, who was, you know, of course, like a stick in the mud. And We kept you for an hour. If you want to talk, Edie, you can talk. I appreciate your time and your. Oh yeah, no problem. I I I hope I love that you just like figured out like the funny part before I even got there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I saw that in a pornographic movie. Did you really? Yes, come on. Oh my god! When I was in high school. Wow. So that's like even before this happened to me. Like uh, yeah, yeah. Manifested it into the universe. It was Um, a very a very weird story. We we were. The big thing to get back then was John may remember some some of our friends had HBO and Cinemax. Oh we yeah, Cinemax. All get it. And late at night was Cinemax. Girl, the I was, fancy cable. The girl, was, one of those <laughs> the girl I was kind of dating, she just fell asleep, and we were watching a late movie. And then Cinemax came on, and I was her mom was sitting there with us, <gasps> and she, you know, she was asleep, and her mom was awake, and and I'm like, are we gonna keep watching Cinemax? And mom didn't turn it off. <laughs> And there was a scene in the movie where some man had to hide under the bed and two women were having sex on top of the bed. And I looked over and her girlfriend's mom was laughing. Like, yeah, this is hilarious. I guess we're watching soft porn. Oh my God. That's incredible. What a story. I didn't, I, you made me remember that. I forgot all about that. Wow. Yeah, we're on Earth and stuff today. Listen, yeah. I was just thinking about the old. Um, you'll remember this, John. This is this. This was on when when you were a teen. The Robin Bird Show. Oh yes, I forgot <laughs> about that. Oh my god. Is this a New York local show? It is a New York local show with this woman, Robin Bird, who kind of looked like she kind of had that like 80s kind of like rocker chick look. And she would sit around on public access and she would interview people and they would do like strip teases on the show. And then she would interview people and they would talk about sex really frankly. And it was on after hours. And like literally it was like I mean, it was like full. I feel like it was full frontal nudity. It was. um, Yeah. I feel like you got full frontal. Robin Bird. Was it, it was one of was it not one of those letter channels? I think it was on one of those letter channels. Like remember, like it went up, you had the <laughs> dial, like the old cable box, and it went A B C D E. Those were like the public uh, access. I think it was on one of those. You had to stick a paper clip in there to get to come it in. Started in 1977, apparently, the Robin Bird Show, which sounds like the right decade for that to start. Yes. You know. It does sound like the right time. Yeah. Uh, yeah unbelievable. 
But you did you ever tell Tim? Did you ever tell your girlfriend that you watched Skinamax with her mom? <laughs> I can't remember. It was like the traumatizing. It's one. How of do you things. not remember if you told her that? I, I think it's something where you're like, I'm not talking about this. Either. We're just gonna <laughs> repress, <move> repress, <laughs> repress. <laughs> I grew up in the same town as John, where uh, you'll have to listen to the second episode, but I, I accidentally ordered some erotic pirate comics, male on male action. And, oh. and I, w- I was pirate like, John, I was like, action. I got to get rid of this because if they find out, I'm, they're going to send me to be re-educated in China where go. they got, yeah. they got the good re-education school. <laughs> but, uh, and, pe- and people called me queer. Yeah, you should have sent the pirate comics to John. He would have appreciated them. Well, I I burned them. You burned them. <laughs> of course. What he so dramatic. He all, un, un, unfortunately, he burned all the mel. Tim's wow. parents. Like, we haven't gotten a lot in electric bill in two months. What's going on? Yeah, I burned all the mail. I couldn't take a chance. <laughs> oh my god! Nothing must I get can't. through. Yeah, you know it's so funny to me. I I wonder now. Like, I mean, I don't like. I just wonder like what it's like for for kids today now with this kind of stuff because it's sort of ubiquitous and everywhere. It's not like the yeah. sneaky yeah. thing really anymore. I mean, I, I assume I to some degree it is because browser histories and all that kind of thing. But like, what's it like now? You know, it's, uh, so you yeah, used to I, unearth I no these magazines or these tapes, and it was like, mm-hmm. and now it's just kind of like much easier to get yeah. this stuff. I think some of them have a yeah. more healthy attitude, but it depends on the parents if they're like. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. terrible. Gosh, I'd hope so. Yeah. My parents were pretty cool about that sort of thing. Um, they they were they were generally pretty cool about that, to be honest. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. John and I went to Catholic school. Ah, so uh, we all... well, that's a different <laughs> yes. That's a horse of a different color, isn't it? Um yeah. Not Catholic the same school. Catholic school, but we both not the Catholic same school. John, I'll plug yeah. episode three. John was taught by the top exorcist in New York State. Oh, at Fordham? The one who went to Fordham prep? Uh, or not Fordham prep. Uh, he taught at Fordham University. Don't say his name. The say guy who t- consulted on uh, the exorcist. The Jesuit guy? You can say his name oh, and I'll blank it out. No, there was a Catholic priest that was... Oh, okay. no, he wasn't, oh, no, he wasn't Jesuit. He wasn't... Okay. Jesuit. No, he wasn't. I, I, anyway. I, just, I, I knew of that guy up at Fordham University. The guy who consulted on... Um, oh, okay. ...on The Exorcist was was teaching at Fordham at one point. Episode three, Edie, we talk about... All right, I gotta, the, I gotta the, check it out. The Exorcist 2, though, Edie, before you get excited. We talk about The Exorcist yeah, 2. Ooh. Like, calm down. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> That's that's an interesting entry in the yes. Exorcist oeuvre. Wow. Right. Well, I feel well, like we've definitely yes. unearthed some demons here, folks. Yes. You gave us a great story, Edie. <laughs> yeah. I really, yeah, I really you. appreciate you uh, being here. You're and welcome. If you had thank, to add- you. thank you for not canceling. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. Did you give us the address for Great Dante Read Through? Do you want yeah, to? Yeah, so um, Great Dante Read Through. So my husband, Simon Fraser, is a comics artist. And he is he came up and sort of made his his name uh, on cre- co-creating the character Nikolai Dante for 2000 AD, which is the magazine where Judge Dredd comes from for Americans because they don't really know about it. But it is very well known in the UK. It's a sci-fi anthology comic that comes mm-hmm. out each week, sort of like Reader, Reader's Digest almost. You get little stories, little bites. Um, and uh, Nikolai Dante was um, sort of an atypical character for them because they're a lot about kind of like, you know, robots and fighting and future stuff and sometimes barbarians and stuff too. But Nikolai Dante is very swashbuckly lover Lover and a fighter. I was going to say lover, not a fighter, but he Alternate very history. much becomes a fighter. And yes, it's set in the very, very far future, like around, I think we, I forget what year we start, maybe 2666. And it's basically a future Russia where Russia has taken over the entire world and the different uh, dynasties of Russia, family dynasties are sort of vying for control of this future world. Um, and uh but there's a lot of like old Errol Flynn style swashbuckly fun for all of that. Um, and we decided to read through all of the issues of this comic series, of which there are a few, and um, sort of talk about it, re- re-examine it. Okay. Um, so you can find uh, the great Dante read through really anywhere you find podcasts. It will be there. It's, okay. it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. And if you just Google Dante 
read through, you'll find us. Um, Great. And you can find me uh, on Twitter um, at Edie Helena. Edie is like Edie. uh, Edie is like Edie. Edie is like Eddie, but with one D. And Helena is like Helen with an A. So Edie Helena on Twitter. And yeah, you can just kind of Google me. I'm around. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm around. You are around. You're I am under, around. You're under beds. <laughs> I'm under beds. <laughs> you know, I go where I have to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was so nice to meet you mm-hmm. both. And happy belated birthday, John. I'm sorry you've been robbed by your family your whole life. That sucks. Um, but uh, we so, celebrate you. something I've been dealing with in therapy all my life. <laughs> Thank you, Edie. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you Edie. Don't all right. Take care. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. That was a great story. Yes, yes, Tim. And next week on this show, we're going to go back and forth between looking at old pop culture and interviewing people. So next week, I picked the Muppet movie soundtrack. Not so Uh much the, the Muppet movie, but the soundtrack which was written by Paul Williams and Kenneth Asher. Kenneth Asher, yeah. And all the other things they worked on that even I didn't realize, and maybe you do know about, but it's very surprising. Tune in next week to have your mind blown. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. You can follow us on... Paul Williams, how can you go wrong? No, that's true. Follow us on Twitter at SETIBIM. And on Instagram at SETI underscore BIMCO, you can send us a mail. You can send us email at SETI BIMCO with an E at the end at gmail.com. I think that's it. You can send us a voice message if you can attach to the email because I don't yet have a voice box set up. I'm going to see see how much that costs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because our budget is still the deposit bottles returned. Yeah, so right. we really can't. We'll make some and money. If you, and, if, and if you are a Nigerian prince right. trying to leave us a fortune, do not send an email. Thank you. All right, John. All right, Tim. As always, it was a pleasure. <laughs> was that good? That was great. Did we stumble through it? Yeah, of course we did. But no, no, we didn't stumble. We're getting, we're getting the hang of this. I'll talk to you next week. Not if I talk to you first. So much editing. So much editing I got to do. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line. Party Line.